Hey guys, welcome to the Boning Soul Podcast. Thanks for joining me again. All right, so um, we're like mid-season. Wouldn't quite say late season. I'd say mid-season. It's November 11, I think, when I'm recording this. So um, yeah, so I had some success. Um, had uh, just a couple days ago, I went up to my buddy's place again, as I usually do for like, you know, the day in rifle season and um, went up there for rifle hunting. And I got there... It, it, it was one of those nights where I just couldn't sleep the night before. It was election day. What a goddamn disaster. Um, it was just so pissed about just that it's not, it wasn't what it was supposed to be. Let's put it that way. But anyway, I've, I've lost a lot of faith in humanity, to be honest. But anyway, so um, I couldn't sleep and uh, I had to drive up. So I'm like, well, you know what? Screw it. I had to get up at like 2.30 anyway to drive up there at 3. So by the time it was one o'clock, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go and I'll go up there and I'll get there early and I'll sleep in the car. So that's what I did. I drove up, uh, got up to the place about four or something ish, probably four ish, three thirty four, something like that. And then I slept on and off for about an hour and a half, maybe, maybe two hours. Uh, once I got there, it's pretty uncomfortable sleeping in a Jeep Wrangler lean back, you know, but, um, when you're tired, finally, you know, it happens. So anyway, so I passed out. And then about six o'clock, I set the alarm for, and I started walking to the stand that I was going to go hunt. And uh, my buddy was up there too, but he came later to the property. He didn't come till I don't know, late morning, 11 o'clock, something like that. And uh, we were just kind of texting back and forth. And we were just deciding whether I was going to stay in one place or kind of move around to some other stands. Um, and again, this is like, you know, elevated box blinds and, and you know, we're, we're not like mobile hunting or anything like that here. This is, you know, relatively cush, you know, it's only like a five, six minute walk from the car. Uh, this one particular stand anyway, he's got some other stuff that's, that's quite a bit farther walking, but, um, this is one I've had success in before. So anyway, somewhere around, I don't know, two, two thirty or something like that. Uh, a deer steps out <clears throat> into the lane and I made my decision. I said, you know, when I go up there, like I didn't shoot anything last year, like at all. So I thought, well, you know what? Look, I'm going to take a cheater stick this year, yes. And I'm going to take my most efficient, uh, soulless, um, killing weapon that I possibly can just to get some just to get some deer meat down. I don't really feel bad about that. You know, a couple of years ago, I'm like, well, if I'm going to take a rifle, I'm going to take one of my old mill serps, you know, so I shot it with my eight millimeter Mauser. I took that one up there. Um, I've shot deer with my, my Mosin Nagant, you know, old, old Russian Mosin Nagant. Um, but this is a scoped, uh, savage axis, a 30 odd six that I have just this killer lightning bolt of a, of a, uh, uh, a load for it's 130 grain Barnes TTSX bullet that is going about 3,200 feet per second. It's like a 25 odd six, but it's a 30 caliber version of it. I mean, it is a, just a screaming load. Um, it's a lightning bolt of death basically is what I call it. And uh, I thought, well, look, I'm not going to take any chances this year. If I do happen to see like a deer, I want every chance in the world that, that I want. I, I want as much of the, the easy button as I can. No, no shame in that, admitting that, you know, at this point, I, I wanted some deer, deer meat down. So anyway, this thing stepped out <clears throat> and it was about, well, I paced it off at about 90, 90 yards at that point. But it's been a while since I looked through a scope because this deer looked like it was a lot bigger um, it was a doe, but it looked like a, like a medium sized doe. And I'm like, all right, boom, it's going down. Um, kind of, kind of quartering to me, put it, you know, just off the shoulder, boom, down, right? I mean, instantly went down, deer down, like not, not even, it didn't even flinch, right? Straight down. It was awesome. And I thought, oh, all right, monkey off my back. Thank goodness. My buddy texts me back. He's like, oh, I'm guessing, you know, because he heard the shot. I'm like, yeah, you know, doe down. I'm going to get down. I'm going to go look at it, whatever. So as I'm like 
packing up to get all my stuff out of this like box blind and stuff, then the mama doe steps out. And this deer is like easily twice the size of the one I just shot. And I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. This deer was an absolute giant. Now, two years ago in this exact same stand and almost in the exact same spot, I shot a huge tank of a doe. I mean, biggest deer I've ever shot, like ever, body-wise. And this one was every bit as big as that deer, if not maybe bigger. I mean, it was, it was a big, big doe. But, um, and, and she, stood, she stood there. She looked down at Junior, you know, I'm sure which was her, your, her yearling. And she stood there for like three minutes, just broadside, perfectly broadside, not moving at all, just kind of, you know, moving a little bit, but like pretty still. And I was looking at her in a scope and I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I could kill you five times over at this point. But it's a one deer area. You only get, it's, a, it's an either sex, uh, it's an either sex zone. Um, and it's a one deer zone. So you blow your wad, that's it. So um couldn't 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 shoot that couldn't shoot that other deer but man that that doe just sat there for for good good three minutes just broadside just kind of looking around going hey how come you know junior's not getting up well then she kind of wandered off after that and then uh so i got down and so this this what i thought was this medium-sized doe as i got closer turned into like a yearling doe and then he got even closer and it turned into a button buck i'm like oh boy this thing was tiny i felt kind of bad about it you know because i was kind of quick on the tr literally like you know quick on the trigger i probably should have waited because um, you know when there's one deer filtering through there's probably going to be more you know i should have known better but you know i was just so excited at the chance to actually finally shoot something um and get some deer down that i you know i, I just didn't uh <laughs> I, I didn't wait as much as I, as long as i should have so anywho that's uh that's that's kind of what it was so i went over there and um yeah this thing was tiny uh small little button buck super tender uh not a lot of meat loss i did lose a little bit though because it kind of went in it went in uh quartering so it went in forward of the left um forward of the left shoulder and it came out kind of right hip behind in front of the right hip and it did destroy a little bit of tender uh, of uh, some back strap on the left side and a little bit of the hind just a little bit of the hind quarter football roast kind of thing on the the right side so um had all the time in the world i was like okay well i'm just gonna you know i was just gonna just debone it quarter it out and whatever and, and and take it with so i recently got i sold my 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 kafaro shape charge i just as much as i tried to love that thing i just can't it is it's so poorly laid out um there's little design flaws in it that if you watch my video um and i'm not hating on kafaro by the way i have a kafaro door gunner i love it um it has issues too with with some stuff with the elastic that's not really elastic and just simple things but shape charge i just tried and tried and tried to like it and i just i just can't right so if you if you want the the, the full video of, of my my review on the shape charge go go look at it on the on, on the youtube channel um but I, um, I i sold that and then kuyu recently had a sale on their venture 1800 and that's the one I bought. I used to have an 1850. I used to have the Icon Pro 1850. I love that pack. This one I think is even better because uh, although it's not as good as uh, Denier, uh, the, the fabric, it's 330 instead of 500. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's 1800 cubic inch. The layout is absolutely perfect. I mean, just about spot on. I don't think there's a better pack out there as far as layout for... Um, uh, for, 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 tree, for, for hunting, for any kind of hunting. Tree stand, ground, I don't care, right? Um, a lot of guys use the Venture 2300. I had that for a little bit, 
And I actually ended up selling that because that particular one, I was impressed with the quality on it. So don't call me a hypocrite because I did send that back or I sold it. I can't remember what I did with it, but um, like the stitching and the zippers on the inside, there's a lot of loose strands and loose strings and things like that. This one came perfect and Kuyu had a sale for like 99 bucks. I couldn't, re I couldn't refuse that. And um, it's, it's, it's flawless. It looks really nice. Uh, didn't have any of the issues that the other one did. Um, is it, is, is it going to be as tough as a Kafaru? No, I don't think so. But, um, honestly, uh, you know, I, I use the, 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 my old Kuyu one for long enough that I know that it's, it's, it's probably going to be just fine. So, um, and it's got the hip belt too. The hip belt's really nice. It, it fits really nice. It's, it's, it's as wide as it needs to be and stiff as it needs to be. I had that, that Omni belt on the Kafaru and that Omni belt is just giant. Um, it doesn't actually maybe I'm weird. I'm sorry. Everyone's like just crazy, crazy loves the Kafaru like stuffs and hip belts. And this is not the suspension frame, obviously, but it had the, the Omni belt and the Omni belt is like, it's big and wide. So it doesn't just sit on top of your hips. It kind of like, like straddles your hip, like hip bone above and below. And it doesn't really feel like it was supporting in. I don't know. I, I'm just, maybe I'm out to, out to lunch on that one. You can call me crazy, but I just, I did not like it. I didn't like the layout of it. So this, I'm, I'm back to the Kuyu for this one. I really, really wish still Kafaru made a bigger version of the door gunner, like a 2000 cubic inch version of the door gunner with some proper compression straps across the front and, um, you know, elastic in the openings that actually like suck the openings closed instead of, uh, you know, old pair of underwear where it's still like technically elastic, but it's not really elastic. Uh, then it would be then it would be wonderful. But anyway, so I ended up packing up this thing, um, quartered out in, in in you know back straps, all that stuff, and it fit all inside the backpack, right? I mean that's that's how small this deer was. So anywho, um, didn't take too long. Uh, took my time with it. I still got um, you know in, in this in this episode we talk about it with uh, Jim Desias, by the way, we, we talk about it, how uh, deboning or, um, you know, uh, quartering out in the field or deboning out in the field, gutless method, that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I still struggle with not getting hair and like dirt and, and leaves and straw and grass and stuff like that on the meat. Uh, I did that with this one too. I, I don't know. It's just something I got to get better at. I mean, it's not the first year I've, I've boned out, um, you know, in the field, but I, every, every time I say I'm going to do a better job and then it just turns into, I spend a lot of time cleaning that meat when I get it home, trying to get all that stuff off and the hair and grass and that, that sort of stuff. So that was kind of a bit of a struggle, but anyway, um, so yeah, I got a deer down, um, you know, I'm, I'm monkeys off my back with that thing. I'm still going to try and hit it as much as I can with, with my bow. Obviously I got another two months left or month and a half left here for, uh, for deer season. It's going to get kind of tough with, uh, holiday season here and, uh, you know, work and, and just, you know, family responsibilities and that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, we talk about, you know, what, what you consider a success in a season and I've had some successes this season and I'm, I'm pretty happy with it so far. So anyhow, so like I mentioned, uh, today's guest is, uh, Jim Desias. Uh, he recently moved to uh, North Carolina. I had gone down, um, hog hunting with him earlier this year in Florida and they just like recently moved. So, and he's had some success. He had a uh, very relatively early success uh, after he moved to North Carolina there with, uh, with, a, with a nice deer, with a nice buck. And we get to talking about that. We get to talking about our preferences, how we hunt, um, and just kind of things that we're trying to sort out like logistically and, you know, things that we, we try to tackle as hunters. And, uh, you know, and we talk about a bunch of other stuff. So um, Jim's a super nice guy. <coughs> 
you know, very passionate, uh, super passionate about fishing and stuff too. We touch on, uh, we touch on fishing, uh, a little bit in here as well. So just trying to get caught up with him. I haven't really spoken to him in, um, you know, many, many months and uh, he's busy with the move and, and then we got busy with hunting season and stuff. So it was good to kind of catch up and, um, you know, see where, uh, see where, you know, we're all, we're all at. So anywho, so that's, uh, that's the episode. Um, this episode, of course, is partially brought to you by the PAC, the Push Archery Center of Knowledge, right? So I've started taking the Joel Turner course. Um, I'm probably like two-thirds of the way through that, I'm going to say, at this point. I'm kind of watching it like here and there as I, as I have time. Um, just enough t- time so I can like dedicate to that. So I want to get like, you know, I'm, I'm really intrigued by the mental thing. It's kind of a toss up. Like, what do you do? Do you do the mental side or do you do, do the, uh, the form side, you know, like the Tom Clum course. So I'm going to be taking both of them. So like I said, I'm about two thirds of the way through the Joel, Joel Turner one. Um, and you know, at first I was like, I, I was thinking in my mind, it's like, well, Joel Turner has been around for a long time. He's been on a lot of podcasts. So we've talked about a lot of these things you've probably heard about a lot of these things that he talks about in the course so at, at, at this point is it even like what are you going to glean from the course what kind of stuff are you going to glean from the course that hasn't already been said on like 50 different podcasts that he's been on in the last like you know three four years well there's a lot in there there's a lot of like little nuggets in there little um little pieces of advice or examples or whatever that you may not think of that that, that never got mentioned before so yeah i highly recommend uh t- taking this course you're gonna you're, you're not it's not like you've heard at all just because you've listened to you know a bunch of podcasts so uh, highly recommended so uh, definitely go check out um, at, uh, the push so it's at thepusharchery.com and the courses are all there so uh, yeah so anyway I guess with all that kind of out of the way hope your guys' seasons are doing good and um, got another last little push here month month and a half wish you guys the best of success and with that here is my interview with Jim Desize. Sure. Recording in progress, so it says. So the lady with the sweet voice says here. <laughs> Animatronic robot voice. There we go. Is it recording? It says it is on my end. Zoom is so wow. weird, man. I'm telling you. I do not like I do not like this. Yeah. Because um, it doesn't tell you how long you've been on. Mm-hmm. Does it I always say have how to long you've been on? it on my phone. No, it doesn't. You have to I just put it start a timer on my phone. Really? Yeah. That's so annoying. In the free version, you only get like 40 minutes and then you have to start a new Zoom meeting because I'm too cheap to buy the, the the full, you know. Oh, that yeah, that thing just, just popped up on here too, like 40 yeah. minutes. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm but, telling you, man, Skype all the way, 100%. Skype, Skype, Skype all, all the way. I've <laughs> tried them all. Switch. Yeah, this, this, it just, yeah. The problem with Skype is like you, you send... Um, like you try to, you try to connect, right. And then like, it doesn't recognize the person you're trying to connect with. And it says like, that person's not there or it, it can't find it or whatever. Right. Or it has like eight different versions of like some long string of numbers and, and, and letters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it's like, all of a sudden, like it pops up Jim Desaius, like what, it's you know, bizarre. what have you been doing yeah. for 15 minutes? Like, and you'll type in like an exact email and what, I, I don't know, n- none of it's correct, but I agree with you. Passwords need to be done away with, you know, it should just be like, Hey, it's me. Just, you know, come on, man. You know, when the, when the government puts, <laughs> puts chips in all of us, we can just, uh, you know, just, you know, just like a, what do they call it? Yeah. QR code or a, you know, swipe yeah. it with our computer. Oh, really? Oh, test, test. Can you hear me? Hey there. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yep. See, it did it again. I did the volume down 
one little knot, one one kind of volume down, and then it it completely cut off me being able to hear you. It's weird. I'm just not That's... going to touch it anymore. I had to unplug and replug it in. So I see. Weird. So weird. Ah, oh, Jim Desias, how are you, my friend? Yes, sir. How are you, Emra? <laughs> I am getting over a bad, bad stomach flu that hit like a freight train like yesterday. It came like a bullet train and it hit like a freight train. That's it was that it was that quick. Oh, awful! That's the worst. The stomach flu. I was at work and I started feeling like dizzy and like you know when you start feeling like all tingly and like spotty, you know, kind of feeling like whoa, like that's we're starting to sweat, you know. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, what am I going through menopause? What the hell? So I went and sat down and then, and then they're like, Hey man, you know, if you need to go home, you need know, something. All right. So I went home and literally, I mean, ran to the bathroom, you know what I mean? And just like stomach, not to get too gross, like diarrhea, crazy. And then I'm like, all right, I need to take like a cold shower or something like that. So I stood up, turned on the water in between like me standing up, I had literally had about three seconds before I had to turn around and like lift, lift the lid on the thing and just like, like, like puke <laughs> my guts out. I mean, oh, it no, was like, it, yeah. And it was like eight or 10 hard heaves. Like, I mean, like, 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 and I'm like, Oh my God, what in the I don't hell mean is laugh, happening? But... <laughs> oh no, it was, it was, it would have been hilarious. You know, I'm like, you got it. But I mean, I literally had enough time to turn around and lift up the toilet seat, you know? Oh. That's that's it. I mean, I'm I've not, had the ones where you you're holding a bucket sitting on the toilet and it's coming out both ends. Yeah, I I've, I've never had to do that, but I mean, it, it would have been pretty like a few more a few more minutes, or, well, a few more seconds, and it would have been it would have been that. So, luckily, I got them taken care of, you know, <laughs> one at a time. <laughs> and then and then I just had like the like it, your body feels like it's got like a thousand little like needle pricks in it, you know, and just aches and headache and like I really I haven't eaten anything. So I had, I had breakfast yesterday morning and then this all happened about noon yesterday. And I think I had like a pack of these, uh, you know, like little mini, like little packs of like Entenmann's, like little mini, uh, mini muffins. There's like a little four little mini muffins. Yeah, yeah. Thing. Uh-huh. Um, I had those like one at a time over the course of like several hours, like, like oh, last night sometime, one, two, three in the morning. I've been like trying to like sleep on the couch. Try to keep it down. Just try, well, I only puked the one time, but the rest of it, like, I just cannot even like my stomach's still not great. You know what I mean? And it just, I, I couldn't make my mouth was dry, but I was chugging water. And so literally I've, I've had those four, four little mini muffins since, well, hell, I mean, my, my, bre- my breakfast wasn't in me that came out. So since, I don't know, two days ago, I guess, I don't know, good weight mm-hmm. loss program, I suppose, but <laughs> yeah. not to get, not to get yeah. too gross I, enough about our bodily functions though. But I know you're at home, you were, you were battling COVID. Yeah, it's, it's the mildest case of COVID ever, but um, but my wife is pretty sick. She's been coughing for since she got it on oh. I guess Monday, um, and then I I could have easily gone to work, but since I since I um you know tested positive, I got to stay out five days. Yeah, so. yeah, that's kind of the way it is with uh, with us. So let me yeah. let me uh, my phone my wife's phone is ringing. Let me yep hang hang that up. Hold on a second. Okay, I'm back. Yep. So big, big changes for you in the last yeah. several months. Yeah. Let's, I mean, you, you were in Florida last time, last time we were together, right. I came down to hunt with you, um, in earlier in the year, we're going to go hog hunting. Um, didn't really see any hogs, you know, very few had, had some fun with some squirrels and raccoons. That was fun. And, um, then we came, uh, came back and not long after, like you, you moved to North Carolina. 
Yeah, we moved to Raleigh uh, in July. Actually, my wife moved in February, so I was in Miami for a few months by myself because she started a job. And my, I had, I'm a teacher, so I had to finish the school year, and then you know moved up here as soon as we got out of school. So, yep, been here since July. It's been great. It's a lot less stressful than South Florida for me. <laughs> it's been a good move for sure. And my son is here with us too. He's 18. He's going to uh, community college here, and he's going to transfer to a new university in the next year but um yeah it's been great it's been awesome lots of lots of public land here good fishing um yeah it's been it's been a good move for sure we're really happy here because before i mean you were kind of in like like in the north was it north miami no south miami right south, yeah, south miami, south, south miami yeah. area and uh, i mean you you had a ways to drive before you can get uh any kind of good hunting, right? I mean, yeah, fishing wise, you know, you've, you've got the Everglades and all that stuff, not that far away, but as far as anything else on the other property, I remember, I remember it was like a three hour drive, wasn't it? It's yeah. It's like two hours and 15 minutes oh, okay. to Fort Pierce. So from where I, from where I was living, but yeah, just, that's a long time to go to, to go to hunt. And then it's not like I can just go after work, you know, drive two and a half hours, whatever. And then, mm -hmm. two and a, you know, that's a lot. It's, you know, now I, I'm 15 minutes from, decent hunting um so yeah it's great i've been hunting after school now that the time changed it's going to be a little trickier to do that but um i was going three days a week after work and just 12 minutes later i'm walking into my spot so that's, that's pretty great I, I haven't had that in a long time that's awesome i remember um texting you a few times you're like yeah i'm going in to hunt i'm like right on <laughs> you yeah. know, I, I know you didn't get you didn't get a chance to like a, a ton you know where you, where you were before you know so yeah especially um, for deer it was very tough you know yeah. hunt, but the deer hunting down there was not good at least not where i had access to so no it's been a nice change for sure and you're farther away from Mark Harrison, so he can't just randomly show up at your door, right? <laughs> Don't put it past him. He, may. <laughs> he might just show up. Yeah. He'd, he'd, he'd fit in with like Hill Folk in North Carolina too, though. So I don't oh. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the village, he, village idiots fit in everywhere. So That's true. Um, so um, Raleigh. All right. And, sorry, Mark. <laughs> no, sorry, we just got a bust on you. Um, so, so Raleigh, right? Um, yeah. I've only been to Raleigh once, I think, or actually driven through. No, driven. I've flown out of there a few times, but I don't really know the area around Raleigh very much. But I mean, like, is it, what's it like? I mean, like pretty mountainous, not very mountainous. I mean, no, it's, it's kind of, um, it's, it's not flat, but it's, it's kind of rolling, I'd say. Um, and where I, where I hunt is near some lake. There's some big reservoirs here. So there's like ridges and it's not like super steep, not like out in Western North Carolina, but it's definitely not flat like Florida. So, you know, there's, there's some inclines for sure. And I'm packing in a stand on my back. So, you know, I'm feeling it and my legs are real strong because I've been doing it for two months now. So yeah, it's, 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 it's rolling. I'd say it's like a rolling topography and it's very heavily wooded, even in, even in town, that's what one of the things we like about it. It's very green. There's a lot of pines. Um, they they kind of build around the forests as opposed to just cutting them down and replanting them like they would do in South Florida. Um, so it's it's just like a lot of mature trees. Just very to me, it's just very visually you know pleasing. Yeah, it's a really pretty area. Um, mm -hmm. So you got a lot of you got a lot of public there, or just like it's it's weird public. It's like the place I hunt is 40,000 acres, but it's around a lake. So it's like a, think of like a, a thin strip that follows the contours of the lake mm -hmm. around, you know, um, 
So it's, I can hear people in their backyards a lot of times when I'm sitting in my stand. So it's, it's a lot of area, but it's a big lake, several big lakes. And so it's not like you can just get lost in it and go for miles and you can walk for miles, but it's a long skinny strip of mm -hmm. miles. You know what I mean? So right. it's, um, and then there's a the greenway that goes through Raleigh. Um, and that it's just along the, the news forever here. So some of those places you can hunt too. I haven't really explored that much, but it's just, you know, it's one of those things where you want to learn a place and see if it's worth it and then, you know, explore a little bit more, maybe in the off season, but I'm seeing deer. So, you know, it's good enough for me. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, you've had success too, right? I mean, I mean, it, yeah. didn't, take, it didn't take you long there. So, so, so that was kind of cool. Um, we can talk about that too, actually. So, I mean, you, yeah, sure. you're, 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 um, you're, you're not that fan of a, a big fan of a tree stand and you're more like a ground hunter, right? Yeah. Um, yeah you know so going to no place like that right where you don't really have like a ground blind set up um where it's you know there for like a long time uh animals getting used to it you're getting used to it that kind of thing I mean, how, how does that work i mean what, what did you kind of talk through that hunt there yeah, well that hunt the one that i was successful on was up in uh where dalt lewis from the sick boys hunts where he oh, lived okay. so that actually killed that deer up there in the mountains. And I've been hunting there for years, but more like long weekends. And it was kind of like, it was great. Cause I'd see deer pretty much every trip and have opportunities, but the, the, he was figuring out the puzzle for me. And I was just basically, just basically, Oh, here, put getting this stand or getting this blind. And like, okay, <laughs> it's only, have a, only like three days, you know, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to try to, you know, figure it out in two or three days. So, um, and it was private property. So, I feel like the learning curves just was different. Like this year I actually had to scout. I had to find, you know, uh, feed trees, you know, oaks dropping white, white oak acorns. And it just, it's much more satisfying. Um, the tree, the tree stand thing is I love tree, hunting on a tree stands. I just hate heights. <laughs> so I yeah. love the idea. Once I'm up and, and comfortable and I'm situated, it's great. You can see, it's like you're a spectator of the woods, right? You can see things coming from, farther away typically um i really enjoy once i'm up but it's getting up and getting up high enough to make a difference um what's cool is um there's some evergreen trees here so there's pines but there's also holly american holly and they'll stay green year round so and they grow so i only have to go about 10 feet and then i'm into the holly level like the tops of the holly trees oh um, okay so you got cover pretty close very close yeah and that's actually worked out i've yet to get picked off from the stand and I'm hunting eight to maybe 11 feet off the ground. Um, so, you know, just, and then trying to play the wind as best I can, but it's, like I said, there's ridges. So the wind is tricky at times. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, what are you using? What, what stand? Yeah. I'm using that, um, XOP vantage. Still, okay, no, still van vantage. Vanish. Vanish, yeah. 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 Are you, and, uh, uh, are you getting along with it a little better? Yeah, I, I've done that. Um, what you suggested that Jason Samkoviak stomp, where he's that really locks in the top part of the stand really well now. So it, it, it totally before that does. I was before that I was really fighting it. Like the top bat wing wasn't even touching the tree half the time. It's like, and then you start wobbling, and oh gosh, no! Even at ten feet, you know that's for me at least that's scary. Uh, well, it's just it's just that even even footing underneath you, where like you can feel like I I, I talked about it before, like I call them like little micro wobbles, you know. Yeah. Um, even though you're not like like swinging side to side like crazy, you can feel that it's just not 
it's not totally secure underneath you, you know, and, and your confidence level just drops, you know, but as soon as I started doing that, the way he does it, man, I'm like, I I'm, I'm loving being in a tree stand, to be honest. It's, it's, I'm like, I, I never knew this world could exist. Yeah. And how <laughs> high weird. are you hunting now? How high um, well, the other, a few, a couple of weeks ago, I, I went up to like 18 feet, you know, I didn't know that it was 18 feet, but that's kind of where I ended up. Um, and then once I got up there, like I always try to just be like, Hey, how high am I? So I've got like, a, I, I, I measure my, um, I, I go off of my pull, my pull up rope. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I do like arm span to arm span. So if I do my arm spans, like, like really like, like tips of my fingers, like stretch them out, you know, like, arm, like arm length kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about six feet. Right. But so I'll do, you know, uh, you know, base, base it off of that or something like that. So, um, yeah, it was, it was 18. Most of the time I've been like 12 to 12 to 14, 15 feet, not a whole lot higher than that, but, um, you know, co- cover's gone now. So now I'm more trying to choose it on, I'm still trying to choose it, you know, based on a, uh, like, like branch cover, but there's no like foliage really. There's no leaves or anything left. Mm, yeah. You know, that was, I was pleasantly surprised to see those holly trees. Cause then I did a little research like, oh yeah, these are evergreens. So this is awesome. I can yeah. hunt until January in these things, you know, and have some cover. Otherwise I'd have to go high or, or figure something else out. I don't know. Yeah. So, and then there's, there's plenty of pines, but they're, they're mostly mature pines. So, you know, you'd have to really go high to get to cover. They're just like telephone poles. So that I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'd rather just be safe on the ground and comfortable. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're, so you're, you're still staying pretty mobile then when you're doing this, right? I mean, you're, you've got, I don't know, stand backpack, that kind of stuff. And then, I mean, have you, are you, uh, cause, cause you really haven't been doing like, um, the last several years, like when we were talking, right? Like, you don't, you weren't really doing like the very mobile thing because you had some of these like preset stands, um, and whatever, like, are you having to kind of relearn some of that of like how, like logistically, how everything goes, where everything goes, how do you carry it in, how you get it up the tree, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's not even relearning. It's completely learning from scratch (laughs) and getting advice from people like you and Dalton and some other people. Um, It's it's really because when I was hunting deer regularly was in Iowa and then before that in New York and in Florida, I was basically just pig hunting and then hunting, like I said, hunting on weekends, long weekends in North Carolina. So I didn't have to be mobile. Um, And even in New York and Iowa, I would just hang a stand. And it was kind of way 20 years ago. It was before this whole mobile thing. I'm sure there are guys doing it, but um, I would just find a spot where there's a lot of deer sign, hang a stand downwind of it, and just hunt the same stand or several stands every time. It wasn't mobile at all. Um, But now every time I'm hunting, I'm carrying in my stand and my sticks on my back and a backpack because I film. So need to have that stuff. If I didn't, if I didn't film, I could probably just do the stand and, you know, maybe a small, like a hip pouch pouch or something. I don't know. It's, uh, but filming, you know, adds another 10 pounds or so to the the setup, but it's good. It's good exercise. It's not as bad as I thought it would be like, you know, taking, putting up the stand and taking it down every time. It's actually, I'm really enjoying it actually, just the whole mobile aspect. And then, and then seeing new country, new view every time you hunt is cool too. Cause I do like to explore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, there, there's, there's no way I could, I could carry a small, a small pack. I tr- I've tried, you know, um, yeah. but I, I just bring in way too much stuff like, like water, Gatorade. I mean, just, just a couple Snacks. bottles of those. Yeah. Just a couple bottles of those takes up like a ton of room. Number one. So I immediately like, okay, that nullifies like a hip pouch. Cause those two won't even fit in a hip pouch. You know, you're mm-hmm. automatically past that. And then, you know, it's, um, you know, all the other crap that, 
just just like layers and a hat and and a face mask and you know like gloves or not gloves actually i'm starting to use this uh i got that sitka was it well, last year for christmas my wife got me that sitka incinerator like hand muff and good lord oh, yeah. that thing is nice yeah that's that's worth the money i've been using that um you know but just stuff it takes up it takes up room you know yeah so, and if you bring an extra layer, I mean, it's, it's, there's, you know, that's filling part of your pack. I, I went through my pack in details, like, no, I actually need this. And I need that too. And I need a light. I need a backup light. Like there's mm -hmm. all these things you actually do need, unless you want to walk out, you know, three quarters of a mile to your truck and get your pack, all that stuff back in if you kill a deer. But I don't like, I'd rather have it all with me right on site. I've always done it that way and just seems normal to me. I think either way I'd have to go back out. Um, to be able to get the deer, to get, to get the deer. Cause I'm not dragging, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, no matter what I think like there wouldn't be enough room to fit everything. Uh, plus my stand and sticks and all that stuff. Uh, I was, I was going to give it a try just the other day. So I shot that the world's tiniest deer the other day. Um, <laughs> I've shot one smaller, trust me. <laughs> Good Lord. And, uh, so, okay. Delicious. So I got that, that, that Kuyu Venture 1800, right. And, um, I, and I, I really like that pack. I've had the 1850 before, um, but this one is just a little bit, uh, like a little bit sleeker. It doesn't have the frame. Um, you know, the, the hip, the hip belt isn't as stiff, you know, it doesn't get caught up on stuff, but, um, I, I'm really like, I'm really liking it. I'm like, okay, well, let's see if I can pack, you know, this, this guy out of here. I didn't even have to debone. I mean, he was so small. I put all four quarters and the, um, uh, you know, back straps and any other meat and all that stuff. And it was, you know, it all went like inside the pack, <laughs> you know, it's awesome. <laughs> just, just walked out with it. But I mean, it was only like, I mean, it was like literally like a, a where I was like a five minute walk back to the, back to the Jeep, you know? So, um, but if I'm going, you know, around here, you know, public land or whatever, then there, there's, there's no way. I mean, I'd have to go back out and either, you know, I, I could get all that stuff in there and strap it to the outside of the pack as well. You know, so I can't, I can get like a regular size deer out. It's just, I wouldn't be able to do it with stand and sticks and, um, uh, you know, all the other crap that's like, like in your pack, you know what I mean? I'd, mm -hmm. I'd have to just go back in there with like just a kill kit and an empty pack. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, when I killed that deer in um, up in Ash County with Dalton, I found it the next day and, um, I packed it up. I, I mean, I, I packed it out. But then, so I, you know, I boned it out basically and the head had everything in the pack. And I had one bag of, um, I think a, a hand quarter, like in a pillowcase walking yeah. out. And then I get to the car and I'm like, oh my God, you know, it wasn't a tear. It was only maybe 300 yards. Um, not just like a long distance, but of course it, it died in the bottom of a, a ravine along a Creek. And so I'd, I'm going all the way uphill and then a little bit downhill to my Jeep, but it was kind of rough. And then I get back and I, I'm texting Dalton. He goes, you got the carcass out, right? I was like, what? <laughs> like, you can't leave the carcass in the woods. Like, what are you talking about? So I had to go back and that's just state law. It's actually, uh, I think it's allowed on public and private land, but I didn't, you know, I just didn't want to, once he said that, I was like, I should probably get this thing out of here. So, but imagine like the, a deer that's got no hide on it left, no legs, I didn't gut it, so it's just a, a massive of deer with headless mass that I have to somehow get out of the woods uphill. So it was it was interesting. I, I managed to do it. I had a strap, and I I kind of put it through the 
the neck where it joins the body and then had a stick going through. It was a real half-assed thing, but it worked. <laughs> and, and it was just like dragging a bag of wet cement, like no hide on it. So it's it's catching on everything. It was just nasty. I didn't even film it because it's so gross. It's so I can awful. never I could never show it anywhere. <laughs> that was like a horror movie. Yeah. And then I get to the I get to the out to the to the Jeep and then I was like, oh my gosh, it's Sunday. What am I gonna because the um they have these uh it's out in the country, so they don't there's no trash pickup. You have to take your your trash to a dump, you know. Mm-hmm. They call them convenience centers, like in quotations, convenience, but they're not open on Sunday. So I got this, <laughs> this carcass with guts in it. And I and I have a rental van, so oh, I, I I went to Walmart and bought some just it was big contract or maybe it was Tom D- doesn't matter. I got those wait. Big why why do you have a rental van? Because uh, my Jeep sucks, and I didn't want to take it up there. Um, it's got almost two hundred thousand miles on, it and the transmission's going. So um, yeah, it was a van. I didn't take the Jeep on that trip because it, it, <laughs> it may not have made it back. <laughs> So hey, hey, I, I, I'm laughing because like when I, when I came down with you, right. You're like, yeah, yeah my Jeep won't start. Anyway, we can, we can, rent, oh, yeah, that's anyway, right. we can rent a car. I'm like, what? Oh, that's right. Hold on. Yeah. Let me see. It's the same problem. <laughs> it's, 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 I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's rent a car for a few days. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. So yeah, what'd you do? Did you leave that thing in the, in the, in the van, like just wrapped up yeah, or was, what? Yeah, I put it in the bag and uh, just yeah, left it. Um, the meat was all in a cooler on ice, but yeah, uh, I didn't have a cooler big enough to put a carcass, like you know, a blob of venison in in there. So I, I just left it, and it was cold enough at night that it didn't start smelling or anything. And I had to wait till the next day and then and then go to the convenience center and get rid of it. But yeah, oh, just, God. Oh, did, they, did they say anything when you dropped off the van? No, there. Oh, the van? No, it was actually I cleaned it out pretty well. I bought. Um, uh, yeah, there was like nothing. I don't know if there was anything because there wasn't even any hair because the hair all the skin all went with the hair all went in the bag. Yeah, on, you know before I dragged it out. So no, it was fine. Didn't didn't get a fine or anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to that real quick here. So don't let me forget that. But um, yeah. so here as well, like on public land, you ha- you can debone it, okay, and you can quarter it out, do whatever you need to do right after you check it in, right? Because here we do like. Um, phone phone check-ins, right? You get a confirmation yeah. number and all that stuff. Um, but on public, you do have to get the carcass back out, right? So, but on private, you don't. So I was at my buddy's place this this a couple of days ago. So up there, so I shot this thing, deboned, you know, or quartered it, you know, deboned it, whatever that kind of thing. And then um, then we went back. But I hear what you're saying. Like this thing obviously had the head on it and all that stuff, right? But it's basically just a head and a body with guts in it, and He's like, oh, we'll just take it out to the pit because it, it's like a like a quarry kind of pit that's surrounded by a lot of uh, uh, like like woods, you know, is where mm-hmm. uh, his property is. He's like, well, well, we'll take it out to the quarry to the pit and we'll use it as coyote bait, you know. <laughs> I'm like, sweet. Nice. So we threw it in the back of the side by side, you know, went back in through it because he was still hunting when I was taking care of my deer, you know. So, um, and and then I waited for him, and then he's like, yeah, let's go, let's go grab the carcass. So we you know tossed it into the. So at least at least they're going to use that for, uh, for for coyote bait and stuff. But um, yeah, I know what you mean. It's hard to. I mean, this thing was tiny, you know. But I mean, if it's a bigger deer too, like what do you do with like a big body full of guts, <laughs> full of guts and no hide? I mean, it's just <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's. I have mixed feelings about that too because I could see if I was. I don't know. That it feels like you know when it when a deer dies of natural causes in the wood. In the woods, nobody 
goes in and drags it out it becomes part of the soil right it oh goes don't back, even get me started on that it goes back to the earth you know i don't i don't understand the reasoning really but i'm i was gonna say it was probably well thought out but then again it probably wasn't with a well out. it was just somebody said they don't want to see a dead smell a dead deer in the woods even well though everybody here they're every like the woods. cwd cwd blah 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 and it's like well don't you want the animal to to i mean first of all they die out there anyway number one right most number of, two, all of them why would you then, if you're concerned about moving carcasses, why would you go in there like a mile, whatever it is, 100 feet, 100 yards, a mile, whatever, and dragging it to another location? I don't understand that. I just, I don't, I don't get that. You know, it's, it's almost as if like, oh, these deer don't, don't die out here from, from predators and natural causes and their meeting will yeah. end in 10 minutes. God, this Zoom sucks. I don't like it. Did I, did I mention that by the way, Jim? I don't like Zoom. <laughs> I think maybe you have once or twice. I think you so. You can always yeah. send me another link once we run out of time. Yeah, we'll do that. I actually got my password reset here while we were talking. So that's good. Oh, good. <laughs> good. I'm multitasking here. Yeah. 11.18. So at uh, 11.20, well, my time anyway, 11.25, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll end it and do another one. Okay. So, um, yeah, so same same kind of deal. At least, at least but my, my carcass was a little, you know, easier to deal with. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I I haven't had to do it here. I've dragged them out like like fully before I knew better. But I think even even still, I think it'd be easier to just like because you can still gut it out there, um, you know. But yeah, I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm still not I'm still not dragging a deer like miles deep. I mean, there's no way, you know, even it's with awful. all the jet sleds yeah. or whatever, this and that. I mean, you can do it, whatever. So, um, yeah, anywho. Oh, so I was saying, um, when you, I've done this a few times and neither time is better than uh, ended up any better than the time before. Now try to be really careful with it, but doing the whole like gutless method and deboning and all that stuff, I still get a ton of crap on that meat. Do you have that problem? I'm trying to think how that went. To, well, in general, yes. Um, Although I don't kill a lot of deer, but um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think what I did. This I I had bags in my pack, like trash bags. So I kind of I put them on the ground and and opened them up. Um, so I was putting the meat on that. And also, this deer died right next to a creek. So when I was taking off pieces of meat, and the creek was like ice cold, you know, it's trout trout water up there. So I yeah. I was putting the pieces of meat directly into the creek and let it cool off while I'm working on the other parts of the deer. So that was kind of cool, but. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, in general, it it is an issue keeping, you know, if there hadn't been a creek there, it probably would have had dirt all over the meat. Yeah, for sure. And it sticks like, uh, like glue to that, uh, that membrane, you know, over the meat, just oh, the dirt yeah. and leaves and all that stuff. Yeah. It's a pain. Yep. So this was like a really marshy, you know, like grassy marshy kind of area. Right. So, I mean, I've got leaves, I mean, and I'm trying to be, so, you know, I, I peeled the hide back, you know, but the problem with hide, it doesn't lay flat, right? I mean, it curls, right? I mean, you you yeah you, you peel the hide no matter what. But then, like the, the let's just say you you cut down the spine, right? You cut down the spine, um, which is what I do. I cut down the spine and then I peel it back toward the legs, right? Um, but the 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 part that you started from the spine, the edge of that like curls inboard, right? So oh, yeah. like you got to drag it all the way and pretty much all the way out. Even still, it wants to kind of roll up on itself like a rolled up like yoga mat it kind does, of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, come on. So of course, like you're trying to hold the stuff back. So you're getting hair and stuff on your hand and then you're trying to grab, um, you know, a leg or whatever. And then and my, my biggest problem is um, trying to cut in, in the dehyde around uh, like the shanks and the knees, like all the joints. 
you know, mm-hmm. because they're so thin, like everywhere else, you can just stick, stick a knife in there. Right. And it's just, it's nice and thick. You got a fat layer, you got meat underneath it. Um, you know, plenty of purchase fine, but around the knees and the joints and things like that, like the hair, the hide rather is it's so thin and it's right up against that bone underneath it that it's really difficult. Like to, I find it really difficult to cut it properly and peel it back off that stuff properly without getting it like, and then, and then it flings out of your hand and it flaps back over. And of course it flaps back over with the, with the, the hair, hair side, side on it. Yeah. yeah. Back onto that. It's like, Oh, come on. So yeah, I, I think I spent probably more, once I got it home, more time in the sink here uh, and, I, and I don't really like washing it. Um, Cause you know, so I, I do it like paper towel, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I probably spent like more time trying to get hair and uh like grass and and stuff dirt whatever off of there then i did actually like um you know take it you know doing it in the field you know what i mean yeah yeah this last year if i would had to redo it i would knowing i had to get everything out i would have probably just gutted out not literally gutted out but um tough it out just drag it up that hill in one piece like gut it there on site leave the guts and then just dragged it out because that was that was not fun um and also i i I did it like hours later so i went back and got the carcass you know ten thousand flies and yellow jackets all over that blob so i forgot about that detail oh jesus (laughs) so it was it was brutal and they'd follow me, like I'd move it 20 yards and then they'd be gone and then they'd find it and then didn't you know, like another 20 yards rest and they'd find like Bastards. the yellow jackets I thought would be worse than they were. It was mostly flies, but thank yeah. God. If it had been all yellow jackets, that would have been terrible. Get stung to drag just to drag a carcass out. But um yeah, I, yeah. I don't there's, there's there's no easy way, man. You know, I mean there's no easy and, way. And, 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 and I think if, if I think if I killed, you know, like way more stuff and had way more experience doing it. Um, I, I don't know, maybe I might get better at it or something, I suppose, you know, but yeah, I think it's, uh, it's good to have help too. I think if you, you know, um, if you have a second set of hands to, to help with that, um, sure. Like, you know, like hold this leg and put tension exactly. on it, you know, while you're trying to pop knuckles and, uh, like hip, hip, like the hip joints and things like that. And, um, that way you're just keeping stuff just a whole lot, whole lot cleaner. You know what I mean? So I kind of yeah. envy those guys that can just be like, you know, be done and, you know, crystal clear, clean, you know, I mean, it's, it's tough enough, even when it's like hanging in your, uh, you know, hanging in your garage. And, it is. And, yeah, but at least, at least it's all one piece and you're pulling downward and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not laying in dirt and leaves. It's not, you know? it's not laying in dirt and leaves. Exactly. So all you got to contend with is hair. And then, um, when you get the hide off, you know, you can do like the, the quick little blowtorch method, you know, the propane torch method, just yeah. kind of singe off everything. And that works great. You know, that's, that's, I haven't done that. I've heard of that, but I haven't yeah, done that. It's, it's, it, the, the hair is literally just, I mean, it smells in your garage for like a couple hours, but, um, yeah. you know, depending how much you're singeing off, but, um, yeah, that, that, that seems to work, you know, better, but I mean, I don't know. Well, if you're, if you're miles deep, like what the hell are you going to do? You know, you, yeah. uh, there's, there's no easy way to get some of the stuff out. Even if all the deer carts and the, you know, bike, you know, bike trailers and all that stuff in the world is still going to be, you know, it's kind of nightmare getting some of the stuff out, you know? Yeah. And I used to have a cart for pigs and that, even that was not ideal, even though Florida's where I was hunting was pretty flat, but even that just kind of sucks with a pig on it and a deer cart. And um, it just, I, I think I haven't used a jet sled. That seems like a much better deal if you have to take the whole animal out. 
but um have you used one before i i haven't so it's not a jet sled but it's a it's it's very similar it doesn't quite have the ramp on the front like the curved ramp um on the front but it's a uh it's like a really hard plastic uh like tub tote kind of thing that yeah. that, that is that is curled it is kind of rounded in the front right so it's not like um so it goes up and over stuff and it works really good when it's snow and ice and all that stuff, but you, you, you still, it's still kind of hard to drag when you're dragging it across like dirt and grass, you know, mm-hmm. marsh and grass and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know. It's one of those like six or one half dozen, you know, whatever that phrase is, I can never get it right. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's one of those, you know, I know Jason swears by jet sleds, but, um, I have, I've yet to try one. Yeah, I haven't actually, uh, I haven't actually pulled one out. I've act, I've, I've quartered one out and then gone in with it with with my little tub there, sled whatever, and, and brought that out, but not the whole deer. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe next time. Yeah. So I got. Let's see. It's like a minute forty four seconds here. So we can end this one. I can uh, send you another link here. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. All right. Let's and do. It usually, that. it'll take a second, a few minutes to um to save it for you too, with Zoom. Like it'll uh we'll see when you when you end the meeting it'll start say it should start saving it oh right okay all right all right let me do that okay sounds good thanks recording in progress okay so what were we talking about when uh we decided to skirt around the uh the 40 minute rule for uh zoom here (laughs) i think it was just uh dealing with you know trying to keep um game clean in the woods and we're oh yeah 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 Yeah, i'm getting it out how do we get it out? I think jets, maybe jet sleds. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jet sleds and stuff. So, what do you, what do you, um, what are you using then for, uh, like the regular game bags you said, or for, for pillowcases or what? Yeah, pillowcases usually. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can just get cheap ones at Walmart or whatever, and pitch them or or wash them if you want to. But yeah, um, I've also used trash bags. I guess the thing with trash bags is they don't breathe. You know, yeah, so they keep the heat in. Yeah. So yeah, not ideal. I have done that in the past, but yeah. So I've got these, um, uh, Kuyu ones that I bought. Okay. And I don't know why I don't have more, but I have like, one of them is like a a quarter bag, right? So you can put like a quarter in it, but Mm -hmm. you could probably fit like two quarters in one of these things. And it's like a drawstring top. Right. Um, but I probably need another one. I don't know why I only bought one of those. And then I've got two, uh, they call them boned out game bags. And that's like a, it's like a long tube. It's got a big zipper across the, across the thing and it's got handles, right? So oh, you can cool. put in like random. So imagine like back straps or whatever, like longish stuff or like random meat, you know, that you can put in there. So I got those because I thought, well, okay, if, if I run out of, if I run out of like places to strap things to my pack as I'm, you know, coming out, you can mm-hmm. actually just, just pick those things up like grocery bags and carry them out you know, the gotcha. two, the, the two, the two bags like that. So, um, and they, they clean up really good too. Like I, I, I did this because I got some blood on my pack and everything too on the inside. And I, um, I just soaked them all in, uh, uh, I did the, the laundry tub, you know, with like a little yeah. bit of Dawn, you know, some water, I soaked them in there, swirl it around for, I don't know, five, 10 minutes. And then, and then just washed them, you know, and it just, they came out fine. And that's Kuyu makes those. Yeah, Kuyu makes those. I'm sure other people make them. I don't know if they have them with the little carry handles, but I got them specifically because of those carry handles. Yeah, um, you know, and this even if you're not going to carry them, you can like hook them onto something. You know, if you're if you're coming out with like a, a stand on your back or something like that, right? You can just hook those. Um, 
uh, handles maybe if you needed to like over your sticks or over like the your v bracket on your stand or something that's got a you know the kind of hook it over if you're running out of you know places to strap things so it, it works out pretty good probably you could hang them in a tree too you know you'd have yep. something to tie it to yep absolutely had, and make several trips you know with a bigger animal but yep. yeah that's that's cool i like that idea um yeah that would have been helpful with this last one because i said as i said i had um a quarter left and I had it in a pillowcase and there's like nothing to really grab onto except for the bone, like reach, just hold it. Like, you know, just Popeye. Like a big drumstick. Yeah. Drumstick and just yep. carry it out like that. But if, yep. what I finally did was I took a, I had a strap. I remember I was extra straps in my pack and I, I wrapped it around several times and tied a knot. And then I had kind of a handhold, but yeah, handles would have been, would have been much better, but yeah, yep. I need to look into those. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty sweet. Um, so you're like a big fishing, fishing, fishing guy too, right? I mean, you're like a, you were like a fishing guide, you know, yeah. down in Florida and stuff. Are you going to do any of that stuff in uh, North Carolina too? or Not, at least not where we're living now. I mean, eventually I think we're going to work our way to the mountains, but um, where there's trout and there's, you know, more places to guide here. It's pretty much a warm water fisheries. So there's bass, you know, catfish, panfish. It's not really a, there are guides, but they mostly go to the coast, you know, for striped bass or for redfish. And this area is really not conducive to the, to doing it, to guide, you know, other than like kayak trips. But even that is, there's already a couple of businesses here doing that. And yeah. I don't think there's enough demand to make it worth it. So yeah, the guiding thing's on hold for a while, at least for the next few years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used but to I love the fish. I, I tie flies. I sell flies online. So I'm, I'm always, I tie flies pretty much every day. Um, and this whole week I've been home, you know, sick. So I've been tying tons of flies and yeah, I just love to, uh, it, I think if I had to, people ask me if I had to choose between like fly fishing and bow hunting, I'd probably still choose bow hunting if I had to do one or the other, but it's a fly fishing is a close second for sure. You know, really? for, a lot, for a lot of the same reasons, you know, the same attraction, the outdoors and just and doing it a little harder than, you know, rifle hunting or whatever. Do you find like, um, like people to get into fly fishing, right? Do you, do you, is, is it kind of like you either get it or you don't, um, like just, just even like, not even the, like the concept of it I'm talking about, but I mean like physically actually just like casting, you know what I mean? Um, no, no, you can definitely get instruction and, and with a casting instructor, you can, you'll be casting efficiently to fish within, you know, 30 minutes. I used to do, I worked at Bass Pro and I would do fly casting lessons and I'd take out groups of 10 people. And by the end of the 30 minutes or hour or whatever it was, um, they were all casting enough that they get could get to fly out, you know, enough to catch a fish, I'm sure. Yeah. So, so why? All right. I don't, I'm probably going to offend somebody here. Why do they make this like fly fishing thing like to be like this big mystique um, that it's like so like incredibly difficult or it's just like this next level thing? Like I, I've like I fly fished. I don't know. It's got to be like 25, 30 years ago at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know what I was doing. I, you know, I, I, I bought like a, I don't know. I, I can't even, maybe it's like a Fluger rod or something like that. I couldn't tell you what weight it was. I couldn't tell you what weight the the line was. I didn't know any knots back then. So mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about leaders and tippets and snippets and crumpets or anything like that on the end. Right. None, none of that stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'm just, I guess you just tie some line onto this bigger line, you know, so it's bigger line to smaller line and you tie this thing on. And, and 
I, I got it like very quickly, like, oh, okay. It's a little bit of a cadence to it and just started yeah. hammering like little, little sunnies and things like that. Right. And I'm like, well, this isn't all that difficult, but like you hear like people yeah, like nowadays talking about this big mystique about, about fly fishing. And I'm just like the, the, the physical, like, like doing it is not that hard. So what's the draw? Like as a guy who's not a very big fisherman, like what's, yeah. what's, what's the draw to that? Do you think? Um, well, there's so many different kinds of fly fishing. Like um, there's trout fishing, which is what it was invented for, you know, in streams mostly. And um, so that, that can get technical, not so much with the physical part of it, but with like the knowing what the trout are eating, like, mm -hmm. what, you know, the, the entomology part of it, like, the, and it does matter. Like if they're take if they're rising to a certain type of mayfly or caddisfly, if you don't have it, you're kind of like not in the game. I mean, that's not to say you couldn't catch one on a, a fly that sinks it looks like a minnow i mean you could but when you when you match the hatch um and and you you find a fly they're really eating and they're really on it's like incredible like you just uh it, it it's you can throw a fly that looks you know to the naked to a person that doesn't know any better the layman you know oh yeah it looks like a little bug it, well yeah but is the body of it rust color you know what i mean like there's mm -hmm. like and there's different stages in a mayfly's life. So you have to have that right stage when there's a big hatch going on and the trout are eating just that particular stage. So there is technical parts to that, but the physical part of it, really the only time it really matters, I think, is saltwater fishing when you have to throw typically longer casts. And there's usually you're on a boat or waiting and there's wind, almost always wind. Sure. So it works against you most of the time. So that that can be challenging casting, but the flies don't matter as much. So, you know, um, I don't know if that answers your question, but it just, it just depends what type of fly fishing you're talking about, you know, um, bonefish, you have to have the fly in the right spot and you got to move it the right way. And then, um, and then that changes, you know, because some days they'll, they'll just chase any fly they see. And then other days they are very particular about what they want, you know, whether they're eating shrimp or little crabs or whatever. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, but the, like you said, I mean, it's not so much the casting. I mean, that's what I enjoy about it. It's the physical, just the way the rod loads and unloads when you cast. But Oh, that is fun for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I prefer trout fishing, even though I've done most, a lot of like the last 20 years, tarpon and snook and the Everglades and peacock bass. I love that kind of fishing, but I grew up trout fishing. So that's, to me, that's my favorite kind of fly fishing because of where they live. You know, they yeah. live in the mountains or they live in cold water, rushing streams and, it's the beauty of the places they live. You know what I mean? Um, like parts, some of the places they fish and for peacock bass in Miami, you know, you, you feel like you should have a handgun on your hip because it's so dangerous looking. <laughs> <laughs> like, go under a bridge. You always take a peek first because there could be somebody under there. And yeah, um, so it's still fly fishing, but it's very, very different. Than, you, you just got to kick out the homeless person underneath it and, and <laughs> say, hey, I don't want your shopping cart, man. I just want to catch some fish. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, See, that's that's the yeah, stuff that I didn't know. I mean, that, that that I don't know. You know what I mean? Like as far as like like all the details of like you're talking about. Like, well, they like this versus that. They don't. You know. And, and it, you were talking about like even like the different stages of. I don't. I wouldn't even know what a mayfly looks like. First of all, I so mm -hmm. you know what I mean. But um, that that's the stuff that I I for sure have like zero clue on. You know, it's it's just uh, you know when I was some some of these. Um, it's it's almost like some of these pictures like you see on instagram and it's not fly fishing's fault and it's not hunting's fault but you see him like you know when they catch the fish 
And then they like they present it like it's some like golden orb in your hand and it's going out <laughs> to the camera, you know, two hands cradled in this thing like, right. oh, you know, and they do that the same with back straps. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like I, I for some reason, I cannot stand that picture. I hate that picture so much. You know, it's like, look at look at this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like and it doesn't come from like a lack of like respect for the animal or anything. It's just like just the 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 contrived uh setup of that picture it just it just gets under my skin yeah i could see that yeah it's yeah i mean to me it's like the it's especially with trout because they're so beautiful they are like little jewels but um yeah i'm not gonna hold up a carp like oh look what i caught you know like this beauty look at this beauty you know i don't i don't i don't know i for me it's more like they're just kind of celebrating the the especially like i said with trout with really beautiful fish um as opposed to them being the hero you know like I don't know. I just, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. But then I see some of these fish, like where in the world, how do you have a 10 pound brook trout? You know, the ones I catch are a quarter pound, you know, like it, so there's some jealousy involved. So they are showing off a little bit, usually those really unusually big fish, um, you know, for the species itself. It's yeah. Yeah. yeah I could see just scrolling by those for sure. Um, you know, and and, and I, I get the, uh, you, you mentioned something a little bit ago about, the, the the places that you find those fish right as, as part of the experience right yeah. um as outdoorsmen you get it i get it but it 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 it, it doesn't boggle my mind it almost makes me sad for some people that like when when you show them a picture of something and they're like they ooh and awe about it and it's like well this is kind of shit i see all the time like i put out a picture yesterday yesterday day before right when i was hunting um about that did you see the one with the owl yeah, that was beautiful. Owl. Yeah, I so commented on it. Mm-hmm. I and like for some reason, I don't know what it is with owls, right? People seem to think owls, owls are these like these mystical creatures that like if one shows up and it's like, oh my god, it's an owl, dude. I see owls every single time I go out in the woods, right? Yeah. Or I hear them. Like, they're or you just, hear them. Yeah. Yeah, you hear them, or you know they'll swoop by. I mean, I've seen them swoop by and snatch a squirrel. You know, I mean, I'm like, that's cool. You know, so I, I took this picture of this barred owl, really cool, right? But the exact same thing happened, same property, different stand. And I'm sure it's a different bird. Like three, four years ago, same thing. But I mean, it's those memories of like I was sitting there, it was it was a uh, it was muzzle loader season. I know that. So it was like like really, really cold. I hadn't seen anything, shot anything all day, and I'm sitting there, and then this thing comes up and perches up like eye level with me on the next tree. And same deal. We just like stare at each other. And I just, you just have that memory of like you breathing and like the fog coming out of your breath kind of thing. And that one, like, like setting sun kind of scene, like, well, I guess I'm not going to shoot anything this year, you know, but like, you're looking at this animal and I'm like, I bet he's going to go eat tonight. You know, yeah, um, it's one of those, but I mean, I've seen those things and I saw, you know, like other stuff. And then like, like I said, the other day, I'm like, oh, well it's, it's another one of these barred owls. Super cool. But I posted that on like a bunch of different stuff, like Instagram, Facebook and all that. And everyone was like, oh my God. Like, I mean, it's almost like you saw like uh, a Yeti, a Yeti or like, you know, like mother Mary or something like that. It's like, what this, they need to get out more. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. It's, it's, uh, we see that thousands of times, stuff like that. I know. And it's it's not that it's not cool. Yeah. It's not that it's not cool and it's not like incredibly beautiful and takes you to a time and place of like you being in nature. But the fact that these people will never, ever see that. And they think it's like this incredible once in a billion lifetimes thing. It really makes me sad for them. Like they're missing out so much on, on, on nature out there. It's just so incredible. The shit that we see. I know. know? I know. I've seen, um, 
you know, uh, red-shouldered hawks, dive bomb squirrels, and squirrels like jumping out of the way at the last second, and just really cool stuff that you would, yeah. I mean, you got to be out in the woods in the yeah. outdoors to see that stuff, and sadly, fewer and fewer people are doing that. Um, like, I'm gonna actually, this is sort of off topic, but I'm actually going for a funeral to um, Boulder, Colorado tonight, just for like a long weekend. Um, but you know, Boulder Creek goes right through town. So <laughs> before we got on the air, I was tying flies for this. Um, I just, I'll probably get out one morning or one afternoon, but I just know what I've been there before. So like, I can, I can remember, like, I want to go to this spot. Like I can remember it like it was yesterday, but it was six years ago. And I caught a little brown trout. It was like nine inches. You know, my sister took a picture of it. We went on a hike after, like it puts you in a play, a time and place yeah. that you can go back to like it was yesterday, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, and, and getting back to the fly fishing, I think people that really get into it, it's sort of like a puzzle, just like traditional bow hunting or any kind of hunting, really. It's a puzzle you're trying to solve. And I think certain people are more attracted to that than others, especially yeah. when you throw an outdoor element. And so like tying my own flies, like when I was guiding a lot, um, even though I had a, a um, what do you call it? totes full of flies, you know, Mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of flies sometimes the same pattern if i had a client the next day i was test tying fresh ones quote unquote for that trip in the morning just because it got me in a right frame of mind okay we're going to the glades we're targeting snook and tarpon i want to have a, a fly could i have just used one i tied a year ago yes but there was something about the <laughs> preparation involved and it connects me to the this sounds so like esoteric i don't know so uh no i get it i get it you know what i mean like the preparation is a big part of it of the enjoyment of the act itself later that you know you're going to do you know it's like me do i need to retouch up all these broadheads that i'm probably never (laughs) ever going to get a chance to shoot any deer no but i'm going to go do it anyway because i because it gets me in the mindset i was like yeah i'm that killer mindset right yeah you know absolutely so yeah i'm hoping to get out some more too uh it's just going to get way busier um you know, with, with, with work and my wife's work and all that stuff. So, I mean, I've actually gotten out, you know, a decent amount this, I've, I've done like some targeted hunts, right. Um, Based on this one particular area. And um, man, I just, I keep getting close. I've I've had encounters with, I think it's the same buck. It's not a big buck. It's like a little, like small little six point, you know? Um, And I've been getting closer and closer and closer, but I'm literally off by like three or four trees. Oh. Um, you know what I mean? Each, yeah. each time oh, yeah. it's, and it's, it's, it, to me, it's putting the pieces of the puzzle together. It's like, okay, here's a rub line. Here's where it started, you know? And all of a sudden, like you come back a few days later, there's a rub on a tree where there was none. Okay. It's starting to get kicked off here. And then, you know, you, you find their trails through the marsh and here's a bed and here's this, and here's that, and here's some doe bedding. And oh, you can see that he comes this way, you know, and, and kind of checks out, you know, doe bedding and sniffs this area. And then he, and then he leaves this way, you know? So, um, I've, I've had a few like very, very close encounters this year, but that's awesome. You know, again, they, they've, they've literally been like, I've had this one particular deer, um, 10 yards away on the other side of some deadfall and some brush. And he fed there for about, I don't know, five, 10 minutes. And then he kind of meandered off, never had a shot mm. because he's on the other side of the, he had no idea in the world I was up there. I yeah. tried to bring him around the front. I had two other encounters with it earlier in the season. I had an encounter with uh, um, uh, a decent sized doe and, and one of her yearlings. Same deal. They came up. Um, I, I set up in a spot that I'd found last year, I think. And sure enough, they came out exactly where I thought they were going to come out. But when they came again, they were on some other side of some brush. 
15 yards away, you know, maybe 20. And if they mm-hmm. had just stepped a few more, it's so close that the, I mean, it was perfect. The wind was blowing from them to me. I could smell them. So I smelled wow. them and I can, I can hear them eat and browse and smell them for about five minutes before they, they meandered off. So those kind of experiences where you get all like the senses, you don't just see them, but you actually smell your prey. That's awesome. You know, yeah, that's you know? that's so on the other respect. hand, I'm like, man, compound, you'd be smoked. <laughs> you know, I could yeah. get it through that hole or I could get you before you get to the brush or whatever, you know, but it's but it's like it's it's not, you know, um, it'll mean more when it does come together, you know, sure. You know, and I, and I, and I've been having good luck with, uh, you know, this, this year, you know, I, I, and, and I got I got you to thank for that too, though, because, you know, so when I came down there, right. I mean, you put me in that one stand, um, mm-hmm. and shooting out of a stand earlier this, like up until this year, like I, I, I'd never been a fan of, right. I mean, we, we talked about it all the time, but the yeah. stand that you had is like, is like literally like a ratchet strap to the tree, right. It doesn't move, doesn't do anything. Yeah. So that's really the first time I've had to take, I've had the opportunity to take shots down, um, with a longbow, you know, I had my Java man, but either way, it could have been any of the bows. Um, and, and actually feel confident, like, like, yeah, I can do this out of a, cause it's not the same, you know, as, as compound or gun or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for sure. so, so that, that greatly increased my confidence. And then, you know, I got back and I shot a rabbit, shot a couple of squirrels. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm having encounters on game, you know, and I'm having encounters with, with these deer, it's just, uh, I'm literally like, <laughs> like three trees off, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I had a, a so, young buck. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no. I was, you just gotta be literally gotta be like, you know, within, within five yards, you know, one way or another. And then that's, you know, Makes 10 all yards the difference. maybe that's all the difference. Yep. Yeah. I, I had a young buck. I got on a video. I posted it a couple weeks ago, but it, um, it came behind me and, it was like six yards from my tree and I'm only nine feet off the ground, maybe 10 feet. And I could see it, but it was directly behind me. And I could probably have twisted around to get a shot, but there was another one of those holly trees behind me and there was just no shot, even though he was super close Yeah. and um, young buck, I would have shot up. It would have been the end of my, cause you, you only get two buck tags in North Carolina. So it would have been the end of my, but it would have been well worth it. Especially if I could have gotten it on a video, but it's like one of those things where, what could you do different? Like, I, like at work, when I'm, if I don't have a class, cause I have to focus on them, but like between classes or driving to work or like you're, you're, um, strategizing, what would you do different? Like maybe I, if I move it 30 yards that well, like it never really ends, at least for me during deer season where I'm almost every waking moment, I'm, I'm planning, strategizing how I can make this happen with a, a traditional bow, you know, close range, you know, 15 yards and under for yeah. me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, there's never, it's not like you're, you're only hunting when you're in the woods, you're hunting in your mind and planning all the time. I'm sure you're the same way, right? 24 uh, seven. Yeah. 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 And it's not even, it's not even uh, just if, if I'd have been 10 yards one way, this way, you're even thinking about, Hey, um, I wanted to get to this height for cover right above me, let's say, and you're going to go right to cover, but my shooting lane isn't as good at this height. So if I go down another, like two yeah. feet, you know what I mean? I'm not quite in as much cover, but the the surrounding like branches and trees around me or whatever, I have more lanes to shoot out of. And then it's like, huh, well, which, which is the lesser evil? You know what I mean? It's, it's playing that kind of yeah. mental game, you know, on the spot you're on, or, or, or I'm sure you've done this too. You walk into a place and you're like, okay, I'm staring at these trees and it's like, and you literally stare at these trees for like 
five, 10 minutes going, if I go on that one, oh, all the time, every way, time. <laughs> but what is the, what does the view look like from up there? It looks okay from here, but I get up there and maybe I won't have a shooting link. Cause there might be some brush in the way or branches down the, you know, whatever. Or if I go in this one, um, they might come out this way. This is a better tree, but it's another extra of like seven yards away. And that's another extra seven yards that I may not be able to shoot. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's all that mental game. That's just, that's, that's part of like why I love doing this. It's, it's not yeah. just, it's not just like, you know, like stacking animals or whatever, you know, not that I do that, but um, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the chess match. It's, it's, it's so much fun. The other th part of it for me too, and for people that, that film like, in the video of this deer that I mentioned, um, you can see it pretty clearly, but the camera's three feet lower than where my eyes are and where mm. I have to shoot from. So I had no shot. The camera had a view. So it looks like, why the hell, why isn't he shooting? Because <laughs> well, I didn't have a shot at all, not even close. And it's only a difference of three feet because, you know, the canopy was blocking my shot um, to the deer. But, you know, it's, I guess I've got some decent video. It's a little bit dark, but at least you can see the deer. And, you know, so I, I had that win, but didn't get a shot. But yeah, it's, it doesn't yeah, always work out. You, you see that kind of stuff all the time in hunting videos, right? I mean, something steps out and then you're like, oh, why aren't you shooting? Why aren't you shooting? It's right yeah. there on the broadside. It stopped looking away, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then and they're like, I had no shot. I had, I'm like, what? <laughs> what, are, what are you talking about? Yeah. So are you still, uh, are you still shooting your, um, your, your favorite bow, bow there? Um, yeah, it's a Great Lakes Bowworks uh, right. retro recurve. It's like a Grumley style, uh, bear style, um, fifties era bow. So it's like a static, it's a stick when it's unstrung. It's, it's just like a straight, it looks like a straight long bow with like hooks at the end. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, I love that bow. It's, it's very forgiving for me. It just draws this, the draw cycle on it. I love, I don't know. It's just different than, uh, other bows I've shot. I, I mean, I'm more of a recurve guy than a longbow guy. I like the draw cycle different, better on a recurve. It just feels more natural to me. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I have some longbows, but, um, I'm just recurves. And the, the other recurves I have are around, around 50 pounds. This one's, I think 42, somewhere in there. Um, so that could be a difference too. It just, um, I've got a couple of beautiful recurves. I'm just not, maybe for next year, I'll uh, shoot those over the summer and spring and see what happens. I actually have an archery range here in Raleigh that's pretty close. So it's an indoor range, which I don't love, but um, at least it's a place to shoot and get some instruction. Because yeah. I, I was working with a coach before the, the bow season started. So that, that really helped my confidence. Well, I was going to ask you, cause you were doing, you were having some problems with um, uh, target panic and stuff too, right? So yeah, has that gotten any better? It has. It's gotten a lot better. Um, uh, it, it's just, it's one of those things that probably never goes away completely for, for me at least, but, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm shooting a, a lot. I'm shooting almost every night, um, in the evening and I can shoot under the street lights out in front. Cause where I'm, where, where I live is probably illegal to shoot a bow and arrow, but, um, no one's said anything and there's no real issue with it. There's no safety concerns or anything like that. There's a hill, a hill behind you know, my, my target to the flex and like, you know, pins a neighbor's cat to the tree or something like that. You know. <laughs> yeah. It hasn't happened yet, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I, I'm just shooting more, but also I'm able to hold it anchor and, you know, focus and, and settle and then, uh, and then release. So it, it's, it made a big difference when I killed that buck, I actually did hold it full draw and picked a spot. Whereas before I was kind of, once I got the full draw, the arrow was gone. Yeah. So it's been a rough road, but I did a lot of blind bail shooting, 
like at three yards and with, you know, on my coach's advice and some other, some other things she's, she uh, recommended and it's really helped my confidence. We're good. Now I feel like if I see a deer, I can kill it. Where before, like maybe, <laughs> maybe if you hit your anchor point, now it's like, I know I'm going to hit my anchor point. It's just making a good shot and following through now. Yeah. No, that's good. That confidence is, uh, is huge. You know? Yeah. Um, I've, I've, I've fought some of that, you know, um, as far as like, just, on, on like live game kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, that it's gotten a whole lot better, you know, especially, and especially with, um, if I, if I was shooting the compound, right. I mean, full disclosure, I'd, I probably would have like smashed that release, um, smashed that trigger, you know? Yeah. Um, and just, it just fired it off. Right. Um, with, with the traditional bow, you're still, especially, especially on like, like, cause I love small game, right? So especially on small oh, game where they're, where they're moving all the time, you got to be quick, but you also got to be like, you got to go through this whole, like, like I do anyway. So I'm not a very quick shooter. So I got to go through this little shot cycle of, of, of alignment and everything like that. And does it look right? Blah, blah, blah. Well, by that time, like in my head, by the time, like I'm done going through all those calculations, the squirrel's already taken like three or four hops in the other direction. Exactly. <laughs> you know? So you gotta, it, it's, it's kind of a balance between like, a controlled shot and like just okay send it relatively quickly because there's your there's your chance you know yeah i know i've been i've been reluctant to shoot at squirrels because like you said they move so much but if exactly what you said like if i go through my shot cycle the, the squirrels already up the tree you know or it's bounced <laughs> 10 yards further you know or it's chasing another one and this place where i'm hunting is just covered in squirrels i think i texted you about that yeah you did in fact yeah. my my son and I are going to go over there just with a quiver full of arrows and, and judo points and have at it. Cause I'm not exaggerating. You'll see five to 10 squirrels just walk into my spot where I'm going to hunt. And then once you're in the stand and you see probably the same ones and so a few others, it's just, they're, it's just <laughs> target rich awesome. environment. Yeah, for sure. But it doesn't help my target panic shooting at squirrels right now, because like you said, you have to be quick and that's, how I, my whole shooting life I've shot really quickly, which worked for small game, but in uh, the moment of truth on deer, it wasn't a great idea. It didn't, didn't always work. So anyway, no, agreed. The blast. We're out so, there to have fun. Right. So it's not like I'm, we're going to survive on squirrel meat. So might as well just fling an arrow at him. What, what the heck? Yeah. I just get pissed when I lose a, I lose a $30 arrow, you know? No, that's true. And, and, and I, and I <laughs> You're don't shooting do, broadheads, right? I do because I've yeah. had, um, I've had blunts, um, and even like the steel, like the steel ace, uh, small yeah. game heads. I've, I've had them literally like bounce off or, you know, hit them and then they just run away. So I'm, Same I'm shooting, here. I'm shooting broadheads, you know, a, ju mm -hmm. a judo for sure. I don't like judo for some, judo has never flew right for me anyway. I don't know why for some reason. So everyone loves judo. I hate judos. Um, but they're easier to recover, obviously. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Once if you once once you shoot, you know, uh, especially at ground level, right? If you're if you're like, it's one thing if you're in a tree stand and you shoot down, you know, and then one of these uh, squirrels or whatever, because your arrow is kind of pretty much sticking up, right? But yeah. At ground level, if you're trying to take a shot, well, it's almost horizontal. So by the time it hits and then it goes into the leaf cover or marsh or whatever or grass, I mean, forget it. It's done. You it's know, like, I I don't even I'll, I'll I'll at this point I'll make like a cursory like two minute, five minute, maybe kind of walk around looking for my arrow. But after that, I know it's this, forget it. It's, it's not mm -hmm. even, uh, you know, even if you see exactly where it hit, you know, I've, it, it goes into like this never region, you know, this, this other fourth <laughs> dimension. Yep. It's yeah. gone. Yeah. So, there's that's there's part somewhere of the there's a world of arrows, lost arrows. 
that maybe we'll find one day. But yeah, yeah, exactly. So or at the range, you know, you see the bucket full of found arrows, but <laughs> yeah, that's never true. one of mine. Nope, <laughs> nope. They're always like little kids, like little fiberglass ones or something yeah. that's like twenty five inches long or something like that. You yeah, know? really. So, yeah, it never works. All right. Well, we're under. Uh, what do we got here? We got about eight minutes left here, so we should probably start wrapping this up before we do round sure. three of this uh, thing. So, um, what? How long does your season go till? Like how how much longer are you going to get out? I have to, it goes to certainly the end of December. I need to check exactly when it ends because the, the area I'm hunting mostly, I have a couple spots that are private property um, like an hour away um, with a friend, but um, actually just one spot, but I don't get to hunt with him that often. But anyway, the, 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 um, the, play, the place I'm hunting now is archery only. So you can hunt all through gut rifle season, muzzleloader, rifle to the end of when whatever the deer season ends i think it's like an early january i should yeah. check but um but yeah it's cool because there's no there's only bow hunters in there and there's very few of those so i like especially since gun season's open now there's even fewer guys you know so um i just i have nothing against gun hunting but i i love i just you know i just much rather bow hunt you know yeah especially since i got a deer in the freezer if i didn't have a deer in the freezer i probably would be gun hunting a, a bit um but uh yeah it's got yeah, I've got two more months basically. Well, yeah, almost. Yeah, well, yeah, me, me too. I think and, and December thirty one is what is what we go to for that, and then we get another two months after that a small game. So, oh, cool, um, same yeah, here. Yeah, that's that's always fun. Yeah, same deal. It's like okay, well, you get you get a deer in the freezer as small as it may be. Then it's like because now I won't I won't get a muzzle loader tag. You know what I mean? Usually I'll, yeah. I'll do the firearm and then the muzzle loader tag later on. But um, you know, more and more areas around here are turning to archery only anyway. So it's not like I can go around here with my muzzle loader anyway. I'd have to go back up North again. And, um, I'm just not doing that. And I, I just, I just really want to keep, keep at it with, uh, with the bow, you know, yeah. however, however few opportunities I'm going to get a chance to go get back out. It's just going to get busier and busier now with like visiting family and, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, my work and my wife's work, you know, she's working longer hours. She works at Target, right? So it's like Christmas season coming up here and oh gosh, their, yeah. their, 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 their hours get longer and longer and longer and longer. So, um, but no, I can't complain. I've actually like this year is actually, I, I consider it a success because um, like I said, I've had all those, those encounters and I know I'm doing it right. You know, um, as far as like the woodsmanship thing, part of it goes, you know, I mean, that's really important to me to prove to myself that I'm figuring it out. You know, it's just, yeah, again, it sounds like, like you are for sure. Like, like three trees over, you know, literally three trees <laughs> over and, and they're, they're doing, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do up until like literally within my 15 yard radius. And then it's like, they might veer one way or another. So it's mm -hmm. like, ah, but almost, you know, before, before we wind it up, I wanted to tell you this um, yesterday when I came out of the woods, there was a guy, you know, parked in the same spot where I park and uh, hunting the public land. And we talked for a few minutes, actually like 20 minutes, real good guy. He's kind of new to the area too. So he's kind of feeling his way. And um, he gave me so much good intel, like about the deer movement that he's been seeing. Cause he's been using a climber and he said he goes like 25 feet up and you can oh, see Jesus. a long way. Yeah, exactly. It's probably more like 18, but you know, people exaggerate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, way higher than I'm going. And um, he said, yeah, there's this group of does that comes by this across this ridge top every day at 4 p.m. I was like, are you sure you want to tell me that? He's just like, he goes, if you want to shoot a doe, man, have at it. He just, you know, he's telling me basically where to set up, what trail they come down. And like, hey, so you never know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, heck yeah, that's what I'm looking for is a doe, you know, and, and, um, but it's just cool. Like, I haven't had that in a long time where you can actually, 
you know, shoot the shit with a complete stranger, but we have the same, you know, he's hunting with a compound, but whatever, it's still bow yeah. hunting and right. same goal in mind. I mean, he's looking for, he said he's passed on some small bucks, but it was just neat, a neat experience. And, and, um, he actually gave me free info Intel on how to kill a deer on that property. And, uh, um, he's retired, so he's hunting more than I am. And, uh, so just kind of a neat interaction that, um, happens now and then. Yeah, I've I've never really had a bad interaction with anybody um, in any parking lot. Anyone I've run into in the woods it's always been super nice. You know, I don't know yeah. whether, whether they're telling the truth all the time, but I've never had like <laughs> you know like what are you doing out here? Or, this is my spot. You know, none of that shit. So yeah, I've never had that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Luckily, so anywho, all right, man. So um, where can everyone find you? Follow you? Uh, yeah, it's uh, mangroves to mountains um, on on uh, Instagram and facebook and the the youtube channel is mangroves to mountains outdoors and uh got a lot of hunting fishing videos there got some pretty recent stuff too from this this bow season so yep yeah i appreciate it it's been yeah, fun in the podcast yeah so you literally went yeah, oh yeah in the, the podcast i should mention the podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's funny because I... now you literally did go from mangroves to the mountains <laughs> so exactly yeah, that, you that know? was the idea yeah exactly. the idea, so and, all right man well thanks for coming on here so uh good luck yeah, oh, i know you're summer. flying out today right so yeah good luck with, yeah. your, with your with your fishing or whatever and then i'm gonna go and uh may, maybe try and eat eat something here and uh yeah, get some energy in, in my system so and, and other than that so anyway thanks everybody for listening um follow jim you know he's got uh he's got a lot you got a lot of cool videos too with like with fishing videos too i know i know i kind of i kind of make fun of fishing every now and then you know but um <laughs> i mean you, you you're you're like you know your shit so with uh, when, when it comes to that so you got a lot of a lot of cool it. stuff with that too so anywho all right best of luck for the rest of the season man you too take right, care man. yep bye-bye